Now, from the left coast, another in-depth interview from Peter B. Collins. Peter B.'s been talking about news and politics since Watergate and generously shares his knowledge, wisdom, opinions, and outrage here because his friends and family can't take it anymore. Peter B.'s an independent progressive who upsets Democrats and Republicans as conditions require and is one of the few lefty pundits who predicted Trump would win. This podcast is funded entirely by listeners like you, and subscribers get first access to these in-depth interviews. When you're ready, go to peterbcollins.com forward slash sign up. Now, here's your humble host, Peter B. Collins. Welcome to the final installment in the last interview series here at peterbcollins.com. As your humble host exits into retirement, stage left. As promised, one more interview with Greg Pallast about the 2020 election. The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, Boy, let me tell you what. I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player too. And if you'd care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now, you play pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul because I think I'm better than you. The boy said, my name's Johnny. Well, the Donald's been trying to fiddle with the presidential election in Georgia and elsewhere. And Greg Pallast has been on the case tirelessly, working before, during, and after the November 3rd election to prove that the title of his book was accurate. His latest book is How Trump Stole 2020. Greg Palace, thanks for joining me here on the final Peter B. Collins in-depth interview. Say it ain't so. <laughs> we, we can't live without our Peter B. Are you kidding? Well, we this, spoke. This is not this is not true. Um, I talked to Satan. He said, your contract ain't up. <laughs> 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 You're gonna burn, boy. <laughs> well, unless you got some of those, uh, you know, embarrassing photos out of the clouds, uh, I'm following through on my threat, and I, I am going to retire at least for now. We'll, we'll see what happens next, but uh, it's it's time for a break and a change, and that's what I'm going to do. But well, uh, I'm very sympathetic because I'm going to uh, January 6th. I'm going into my seventh retirement. That's it. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. You know, you guys can make a mess of your own country. Don't call me. Yeah, they must. I've had it. They must keep calm and carry on without us. Ah, yeah, they will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So, So, Greg, uh, you filed an important lawsuit in federal court and testified yesterday. Uh, That's going to be our big story. But before we get to that, uh, I have a couple of items. We spoke almost uh, 60 days ago. It was just before the November 3rd election. And you had uh, raised uh, two important issues. One is that many mail-in ballots would be rejected based on faulty signatures, failure to meet the deadline, and the deadlines moved in some states. So I wonder if you can give us just a ballpark estimate nationally and in the battleground states, how many mail-in ballots were rejected, not counted, in this year's election? Minimum 4 million. Really? Yeah, and we'll get the official numbers. See, that's the problem. We get the official number, the final official numbers about a year from now. We have an agency called the Elections Assistance Commission, but I've been looking around at each state. And, you know, they kind of hide this. This is one of, you know, look, one of the nasty secrets. And this is in my book, How Trump Stole 2020. And it's listen, I I warned against going postal back in my book, Billionaires and Ballot Bandits in 2012. So were you listening? You know, those who went postal almost blew it for Biden because look at those. Look at the look at the polls. Once again, they weren't wrong. I wish the pollsters would stop apologizing. They already made an adjustment, which was phony. They, they took out the, you know, they said, oh, we were wrong with Hillary Clinton. No, you weren't. The, the damn secret in America that no one's talking about is that we don't count all the votes. Okay, so 
You know, according to the Elections Assistance Commission, the states reported that in precinct 1.9 million votes were cast and not counted in 2016. Mm -hmm. Okay. And (coughs) excuse me, I guess I'm allergic to this stuff. Um, (laughs) The other is that we had uh, 3 million uh, provisional ballots cast, uh, well, 2.5, and 1 million of those, or 935,000 reported, were never counted, were not counted, thrown away. You get those provisional ballots. And and then mail-in ballots, forget about it. According to MIT, you lose up to 22%. Now, that's not in states like California, which are all mail-in, because they, they actually handle, because they are mail-in states, they handle mail-in ballots fairly well. It's the states where you have to request a ballot, hope you get it in time, hope you get it back in time, and hope they count it. Like you said, signatures. Now, just, you know, hundred some about 145,000 people in 16, when we had only a third of the mail-in vote, optional mail-in vote, or absentee vote, it's called, um, in 16. But we lost 145,000 of those ballots were challenged, not counted, because someone said, I don't like that person's signature. Now, understand what the purpose of the challenge of a signature is to make sure someone doesn't steal a ballot and forge someone's signature. Mm-hmm. Do we really have 145,000 expert forgers in America filling out ballots? No. In fact, we have exactly, well, pretty close to none. Uh, they didn't arrest anyone. They didn't arrest anyone for signing someone's ballot in 16. Mm-hmm. And this year, we probably because the Republicans have gotten very good at this, and it's mostly the GOP. Um, You know, I'm not, again, uh, you're right. As people know from my books, I go after Democrats pretty heavy, as I do Republicans. But the truth is, is that this year in the general election, it's been the GOP knocking out voters, and not just any voters, voters of color. If you're black, um, according to another Caltech MIT study, the chance that you will lose your vote um, your mail-in vote because someone's challenged uh, for any type of challenge. Postage due, naked ballot. You know what a naked ballot is? Yeah, um, that's it where is you don't you, put it in the sleeve. Right, you have to have a sleeve, a little ballot condom mm-hmm. that you put inside the envelope. So you have to send in both. And some people tape them shut. And like in New York, you tape your ballot shut, you they throw it out. You use... Um, and uh, if you use a red pen or pencil, it, they'll throw it out, etc. And uh, in most states, uh, in a lot of states, you know, they will they will get you on this cockamamie gotcha stuff. Even in wonderful California, uh, my an election was overturned. I know my sister, who is a lawyer, my mother is a union leader, uh, not fools. Um, but they, uh, you know, maybe they are, but <laughs> not, not about voting. And they didn't fill out bubbles properly, and they got their ballots disqualified in wonderful progressive California, resulting, by the way, in that race, in the reversal of an election. Is that the Christy Smith-Garcia race? In, uh... <laughs> no, this was actually back in the uh, the uh, mayoral race in San Diego um, when Donna Fry won. Then they oh, disqualified okay. 5,000 of her mail-in votes, and they declared the Republican winner on this gotcha BS of how you, you know, as you put in an X instead of a bubble. Mm-hmm. But if you are black, you're 300% more likely than if you're white to have your ballot rejected because they know what precincts. You, know, you don't even have to have in, in southern states, they still have some of the races on the ballot in some states, but in they, they don't, they just know your zip code. They know your precinct. People in precincts, just so you know, America is so balkanized, it makes vote thieving easy because you just know which precincts to knock out. You just, it's not, you know, we got people who think, oh, well, they use computers, and they go in. This is the, the Trump idea that, like, like, Dominion, Hugo Chavez came back from the dead <laughs> and uh, told the Chinese to fix the Dominion machines to, you know, change your vote from On a Trump to Biden or something. Okay, that, that doesn't happen. Let's get rid of the Hollywood Lex Luthor stuff. There's no guy in a cave. Trump's, uh, in case you don't know it, our president's crazy. And um, the problem is that he's whipped up a lot of crazier people. Uh, But that's called vote fraud. It doesn't happen. Vote suppression, fraud upon voters. Oh, boy, that happens loads, and especially in mail-in voting. We had in 16 – I have to go back to 16 because we don't have the final numbers yet. But Georgia knocks out about 
for example, about 4% of mail-in ballots are never counted because they are counted late. They're counted as late. And I had one Georgia voter contact me saying, hey, Palace, uh, my, uh, uh, you know, I mailed in my ballot 10 days before the election and it was marked as coming in after. If you don't, if the ballot doesn't arrive by election uh, night, 8 p.m., mm-hmm. it's thrown out. Yeah. So we lost easily um, by even a minimal estimate. 200,000 ballots were thrown out. Now, it's it's not like it's nothing. It used to be, by the way, that uh, Republicans sent in more mail-in ballots. Now it's overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly mailed uh, ballots are mailed in by Democrats in this election. Correct. And so we know whose ballots were not counted. Basically, in the Georgia race, if you counted all the ballots, John Ossoff would already be senator-elect. Hmm. No question. No question. None. Zero. Um, the, there was the, a second, the second race in Georgia for those who've been under a rock, uh, there is a runoff in both for both Senate seats in Georgia, right? will take place January five, the day before my retirement. And, um, that's January five. And, um, um, both in the, in the other race, uh, which is Reverend Warnock, uh, Raphael Warnock, mm-hmm. um, Versus uh, Kelly Grifter, excuse me, Liffler. <laughs> Loffler. <laughs> Loffler. <laughs> Shop Lofter. Um, and um, I, by the way, I have no position in that race myself. Um, it's just that I, we do have to recognize election that, that Miss un- Loffler that's... is, is uh, um, well, I mean, uh, she's, well, I should say she's innocent of, of insider trading. She conducts insider trading, but she uses senatorial privilege. Right, right. Um, you know, if, if she just traded it on inside information, she'd be in prison. But if you say this is Senator Loeffler selling my stock, then it's, um, <laughs> then it's just being smart. And Greg, uh, but I, I, uh, Greg, anyway, in Greg, that race, that Greg, was a just a sec, race. I want to interject yeah, no, that you're yeah. taking no position is in right. stark contrast to all of the election officials in Georgia who first tell you that they are really crying little big tears because their candidate, Donald Trump, didn't win. But nevertheless, they uphold the legitimacy of the election that he lost. You know, I have to say, yeah, except that it wasn't legitimate at all. And that's one of the terrible things. In fact, in yesterday's Washington Post, extraordinarily, they cited my work. Yes. uh, Colin cited my work uh, saying, look, Democrats are praising the Georgia governor and Georgia secretary of state. Brian Kemp, the governor, if you read my book, he's the purge in general. He's the guy who swiped the election from Stacey Abrams, the worst Jim Crow tactics in 2018. This guy is, in terms of the number of black people removed from voter rolls, in terms of voters blocked, I mean, he makes George Wallace look like an amateur when he was governor, the early George Wallace. Later George Wallace was the preferred candidate of the African-American community. Not many people know that bit of history. But um, the um, after he was shot, he was transformed. I guess it was, a, <laughs> it was an angelic bullet. Mm-hmm. But the uh, but what I should say is that this guy is is a Jim Crow um, um, Olympic champ and. So what's he doing? How come he's taking the heat from Donald Trump? Because he's got to steal the election for the two senators. And he can't he can only do that if he throws Trump under the bus, because you have. And here's why you have a few hundred thousand people in Georgia who voted for Biden, but then voted for the Republicans or didn't vote in the Senate race. A lot of there was a big drop off. A lot of people simply didn't vote in that race because they weren't happy with their choices, especially a lot of Republicans. The result is that if they tell these voters, especially in the suburbs, your vote for Biden, we don't care. It doesn't count. The legislature under the United States Constitution, which is a piece of crap document, which we we could have that discussion some other time. Under this, this piece of crap we call the Constitution, there is no mention of voting for president. What there is is meant uh, it's the legislatures of America vote for our president. They pick the electors. That goes back to the early days. Washington, no one voted for George Washington. We didn't have a vote. Um, so 
the state legislatures picked the electors to the electoral college, and uh, Trump was trying to get Kemp to say, um, you know, have the legislators simply declare me the winner, mm-hmm. which is completely constitutional. He's trying that in Michigan and Pennsylvania. Yeah. But they also know if they do that, they're going to lose their jobs because they'll be you're going to have legislators in districts that voted Biden and they're going to throw those guys out. So he knew he would lose these voters if they try to overturn the vote and they need them for the Senate race because that's the enchilada. They can't save Trump. They just have to save Mitch McConnell. Mm hmm. And not just because he's good looking. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but that. Okay, you, you know, your next the, career the, is stand up comic. The money's on the line. The money's <laughs> on the line. And, but you have these goofball. De- you know, look, everyone has Trump derangements uh, syndrome. And, you know, the Republicans, whatever he says, suddenly they all lose their minds and go along with it. But also, whatever Trump says, Trump derangement uh, syndrome is just as powerful among Democrats. If he says something, and it's got to be wrong. If he said there's, you know, that the sky is blue, suddenly every Democrat would say, no, the sky is orange. What's he talking about? How could he say the sky is blue? He's insane. Okay. When, so when Trump came out against mail-in voting uh, to attack it, uh, automatic mail-in voting, by the way, he made it, good, he made it actually a very intelligent distinction for him. Uh, it's in inside out from the truth. He said that mail in voting that is like we have in in the West, Nevada, California, Oregon, Washington, Hawaii, Utah and um, Colorado are states where you automatically get a ballot in mail. And he says that's dangerous. No, there's no proof that that we have a bunch of false ballots, but it's easy to do and it works. And we have very high turnout as a result because the universal mail-in balloting is actually a good thing. I'm in favor of it, just so you know. That's a very different system than absentee ballots. And Trump says that correctly. Abs- he, that is, he says there's a difference, which most Democrats don't understand whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry he's smarter than they are. Uh, anyone who thinks that Trump is a dummy has really missed it. Um, you know, uh, That's why he's called President Trump as opposed to President Hillary. Okay. Um, and... Um, you know, see, I mean, he's dumb like a fox, mm-hmm. but he understands that absentee ballots where you request the ballot and it has to be mailed to you. He likes those because it's easy to reject those ballots because they are sent. You have to request them and about one in 10 people who request them never get them or never get them in time to mail them back. So this is we have a disaster with this absentee balloting. And if we counted all the mail in ballots. We wouldn't be waiting three weeks for Biden to get uh, to get certified as president. We would, you know, that's he won. And also, if you again, the ballot, the in precinct ballots that were rejected, the mail in ballots we had. Is there a single pollster that asked at the exit poll? They asked, "Who did you just vote? Yeah, who'd you vote for?" Biden. Okay. Did they ever? I've never heard an exit pollster ever ask the question, "Were you given a provisional ballot?" Because there are millions handed out and they don't get counted. So and whose don't get counted again? If you're a voter of color, good luck. And so if we count all the ballots, this wasn't a close election. Trump almost did steal it. And now the Republicans may steal the Senate. So, you know, it's funny. My publisher didn't want to call it how Trump stole 2020. Want to make it how the GOP stole 2020. And that uh, would have been a more commercially viable title, because if they steal Georgia now and steal the Senate, then it's proof. But keep in mind, Trump has stolen a good seven, eight million votes. That's and I'm not when I say stolen. okay, what I mean is we have ballots that don't get counted or voters block from the voter rolls. That's my speech. That's it. I retire. Okay, you can ask questions anyway. Great. In the mail-in voting process nationwide, you estimate about 4 million ballots were discarded. In many states, there was a provision to allow people to cure the defects in their mail-in ballot, whether it was the sleeve in Pennsylvania or signature issues in uh, Alabama, uh, whether you went through a drive-through voting station in Alabama. And so how many people do we know at this point availed themselves of the opportunity to fix a defective ballot? 
I can tell you because in Georgia, you had organizations um, like uh, Black Voters Matter that I work with um, and uh, Transformative Justice Coalition. They spend a lot of time phone banking to get people to come in and cure their ballots. What that means is you went in, someone didn't like your signature now, so they call you up and say, you have to go to the county clerk's office in the middle of COVID, wait in line and show them ID and verify that, yes, that's my signature. Thanks a lot. How many people actually do that? Almost none is the answer. Hmm. Or they didn't like your ID, meaning you're black. Um, and by the way, here's an interesting stat for you. Do you know that um, your chances of being asked for your ID, uh, your voter ID, is over 60% if you're a black male uh, in states that don't allow polls to ask for ID? Uh, so <laughs> they don't like your ID, and you have to come in and, and show a different ID. Uh, so, you know, how many people do that? It's almost impossible now. You, there are some cases where, I mean, some people do come in, you know, it's a pain and it's actually dangerous right now. But this is the craziness. Why are we rejecting ballots at all? I mean, this is an assumption that someone has committed a crime. You are, in fact, you know, in the way U.S. elections run, you're guilty of crimes without being charged, let alone proven guilty. In other words, they're going to throw out your ballot. Now, remember, Losing your right to vote is what happens when you get when you're serving a felony crime sentence. So you're being in when they throw out your ballot, they're in effect punishing you as a felon. Even though there's no proof of it, like I say, 145,000 people lost their vote in 16 over the signature on the mail in ballot. They didn't arrest any because none of them committed a crime, but they were punished as if they committed a crime. And worse, it flips elections. It flips Elections, big time. And this is a big problem. So it sounds like you were about to cite a number of cured ballots in Georgia. Is there one? I haven't gotten the final number yet. i got to look at the certification. But that's one of the problems. They, they don't report these things. They hide these things. Mm-hmm. Understand that to open up the files, you know, I know it's just a couple. The truth is I know it's just a couple thousand people cured their ballots out of a couple hundred thousand that were challenged and thrown out. It's a very low number. I don't know the ultimate one. People who work probably came in more this year than other years, but still, it's it's a big ask mm-hmm. of people, and and it should not be asked. We should accept any ballot unless there is positive proof it is stolen, forged, wrong, not on suspicion. And and you don't make people run jump through hoops. But um, uh, earlier this year in February, I won a federal court case against the Georgia Secretary of State. Originally, I'd sued Brian Kemp, and then I sued his successor, Mr. Raffensperger. And his name really is Perger. It's always mm-hmm. pronounced Burger. It's not. It's Perger. Yeah. And uh, so I sued him to open up his files for what should be obvious public records. I want the information on how you're counting votes, et cetera. I just want the information. And that's what's very difficult. I mean, I'm one of the only reporters that even reports the public info, and I'm certainly the only reporter that actually tries as sued to get the actual info that's that's been kept uh, hidden. Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult to get information. In America, we announce the vote count, but we never announce the vote non-count. And I can tell you, you know, for, by the way, this, for those who don't know Greg Palast, I've been an investigative reporter starting with the BBC and the Guardian newspapers in London for the past 25 years. And in Britain, when we announce election results, let's say we, you know, okay, uh, we say in Sheffield, um, 726,000 votes for Labour, the ex for Tories, and uh, 242 ballots were disqualified for the following reasons, you know, deliberately spoiled by voter uh, completely unreadable, et cetera. And by the way, when they say that, they actually show you the ballot. They show you the ballot that they're rejecting. See someone put a big, uh, literally a knife through it as a protest or something, mm-hmm. right? Um, so they count, they announce in Britain the non-vote, the disqualified number ballots. We don't do it in the U.S. You know why? Because we'd have to announce 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 million ballots disqualified 
people would be horrified, horrified, and they should be. So we pretend that there's no ballots disqualified. Every ballot counts. Everything is wonderful, just like in the third grade when you voted for president. But imagine if in the third grade when you're running for class president, they said, "Okay, Jimmy, no, um, you're wearing a blue shirt today. You can't vote. Uh, Tommy, uh, prove that you're Tommy. I've been Tommy. I'm Tommy. No, well, (laughs) prove it. Sorry. Get out of here, Tommy. Oh, um, and you don't uh, go to this school, do you, Jimmy? I'm going to this school forever. No, sorry, Jimmy. You don't go to the school. Get out of here. Um, (laughs) We don't like your signature, Louise. Oh, uh, you didn't mail in your ballot? A little higher for Louise, please. (laughs) (laughs) So here's so, you know, what I'm saying is it's like American. We we have a good imitation of elections. It's kind of a, a, you know, uh, democracy in the or the mockery, uh, I guess the mockery of democracy. Um, And uh, so therefore and it's always the same. It's not like it's random whose vote gets stolen because then it wouldn't matter statistically. It's that they take away the votes of young people and voters of color, that is Asian-Americans, African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans. In other words, when I say voters of color, I mean the color is blue. You know, and that's what I'm finding. I've been uh, and, and now that the race come down to Georgia, it's kind of weirdly ironic because I've been wasting seven years of my professional career focusing on Georgia mm-hmm. and um, exposing the chicanery of voting in Georgia, because that's in Georgia's where the GOP tests its Jim, new Jim Crow techniques. Yeah. Now, Greg, Greg, I want to I want to come back to Georgia in a moment. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. one other kind of big picture question I have relates to this Mm -hmm. guy, Chris Krebs. So he's a former Microsoft guy. He was hired Mm -hmm. by Trump to run this new agency to prevent Russian meddling in our election. Mm -hmm. Now, for those right. of us who didn't buy that uh, myth from 2016, uh, it's kind of a big lift to say, okay, this is a great agency that is doing great work. Now, they warned us that Iran was uh, getting involved in the election meddling game, and uh, that really didn't prove out too much uh, in my view. And also, we've been told that Russia, in fact, uh, did not attempt to directly meddle in the 2020 election. So Chris Krebs, along with others, issued this statement that the 2020 election was the most secure election in American history. And if we focus only on the events of the election process uh, and the counting of the votes, uh, that might be true. But if you look at no, the whole— No, it's completely false. Okay, but just a minute. If you look at the, you know, the whole process, starting with the primaries and up through the general election— We know that there was massive purging. There were lots of uh, different uh, weapons to use to suppress voter participation. Some of it was so blatant and brazen and open uh, that, uh, you know, we haven't seen it that aggressively before. But uh, tell me your view. Is Chris Krebs' statement, uh, even before he became a a victim of Trump's uh, Twitter termination process, uh, is it accurate? Well, he's accurate. Well, he's accurate once. And let me divide two things. When you said, is the count correct? That's a very different thing from saying, were, were the, was there a cyber attack from foreign, uh, from, from, uh, you know, from, by foreigners of any type. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of nations are pretty sophisticated and could attack our machines if, if they were vulnerable. The thing is, we don't have machines connected. First of all, we don't have machines connected to the net. Understand that. I mean, it's, you know, there's a basic cyber thing. So, you know, unless you're like beaming microwave signals, it's pretty hard to mess with the uh, security machines that way. For those who think that there's some guy, like I say, the, the idea of a guy in a cave or or some pr- a pimply kid in his mommy's bedroom in Moscow or some mullah, you know how good they are with computers, uh, is messing around with your vote. That don't happen. That's fantasy island. So when the guy mm-hmm. says it's more, the most se- secure election uh, ever in terms of cybersecurity, the answer is they're all secure. <laughs> we have not had a cybersecurity attack problem in America. That's not where the, the and when I just told you our, our elections are a mockery of democracy, what I'm not talking about is, you know, some guy um, sending out signals to change your vote from Biden to Trump or Trump to, to Louis the 14th or whatever. It's 
It's so that we don't worry about. So that's the false story. That's the MacGuffin. And so when he's so now Trump, I mean, I mean, the odd thing is, is that if there was an attack that was successful from Russia and somehow being able to change our vote totals, it would have favored Trump. <laughs> Obviously, I mean, Putin has actually said, you know, when they asked about whether did he favor Trump over Hillary Clinton, he says, of course I did. He said so at the Helsinki uh, meeting. He said, hey, of course I favored Trump. <laughs> Hillary Clinton was trying to impose embargoes uh, on us. And then actually, ironically, Trump uh, actually enforced those embargoes. But it doesn't matter. I mean, but, you know, if we think the problem is we're getting distracted. So when we say the Democrats are taking this insane view, and this was the good point of this Washington Post writer Quack uh, yesterday. He says, you know, it's Democrats run around saying the elections are perfect, forgetting the fact that, yes, there is not a bunch of voter fraud, people voting twice, people voting in two different states, Trump's statement of multiple voters. That's all garbage. It's all racist garbage. There's no proof it doesn't happen. And if it did happen, it's easy to catch. What there really is and what Democrats are forgetting is that the elections are screwed up and they're screwed up by Americans. We don't need any foreigners to tell the GOP how to steal votes. Um, you know, and that's done, as you say, as you mentioned, by suppression techniques, especially stopping people from voting. The big purges, that's the number one thing. People don't understand the biggest way the votes get fixed in America is not on election day. And the Democrats are very funny because they always, I, I once spoke to Terry McAuliffe when he was chairman of the Democratic Party. And, you know, um, um, the, and he, I said, so what are you going to do? He'd read my stuff. He agreed to meet with me. I said, so what are you going to do about, you know, the fact that in Florida, they purged all these voters. Now we're heading into the 2004 election. So we're going to have lawyers in every precinct in America. So what do the lawyers do when a voter who's been removed from the voter rolls shows up on election day? You know what the lawyer says is, shakes their hand, says, have a nice day, now get out of here. <laughs> right? well, I, I thought he'd say, get a provisional ballot and we'll make sure or, or it doesn't get counted. Or now get out. And then, and then so we need, could you fill out this provisional ballot because we've run out of toilet paper. We've got to <laughs> you know, put something in the, in the crapper because um, they're not going to count it. Uh, if you're off the voter rolls, they don't count your vote. Period. Anywhere. There's no state that, that counts your vote. If you they here's the weird thing, Peter, by federal law, if you're denied a vote because for any reason, but like including you're not registered anymore, they removed you from the voter rolls. Federal law requires you be offered a provisional ballot. But most state laws say that ballot can't be counted. So you get a ballot by federal law, then by state law, it's not counted. Beautiful. <laughs> so basically, you, you, it's a placebo ballot. You think you voted, but you haven't. And okay, you know, the let, worst let me, state, by the way, in America for provisional ballots, can you guess what state is the absolute worst in America? Florida. California. Oh. <laughs> no. One, the, the champ. The champ. In 16, in the general election, one million Californians were shoved to provisional ballots. 400,000 of those were rejected. 400,000 Californians had their ballots thrown in the garbage, and not one was arrested for being an illegal voter. So their votes should have counted. As the legal voter, they should count their votes. They're American citizens. And everyone, an American citizen, a legit voter, who for some technical cockamamie reason was told they can't cast a ballot, Here's a provisional, and they threw them out. And God knows how many people just said, the hell with it, and either weren't offered the ballot and sent away, because that's very common, even though it's illegal. Or they said, who cares, because I know it's not going to be counted. So California, so let's remember that, again, Democrats play these games, and, uh, and that's very sad. In California, it's because they want to knock out progressive candidates in the primaries, but um, – so California is the worst state in terms of voting in America. Right. But Georgia is uh, a close second. Greg, I want to come back to Chris mm -hmm. Krebs because in addition yeah. to the statement that it was the most secure election, mm -hmm. in, in interviews, including on 60 Minutes, 
he has very explicitly said that there is no evidence of any kind of fraud that has been suggested by Rudy Giuliani, by Trump, or any of the other Republican minions. Uh, do you agree with that statement in general? Oh, yeah, it's a fact. I mean, look, this has been studied to a fairly well. In fact, in my book, How Trump Stole 2020, I, know, I actually took a study by Lorraine Minetti, who is the number one vote fraud expert in America, and being an old statistician, as I was, uh, the um, the chance of your committing voter – well, the chance of you getting hit and killed by lightning is 540 percent more likely than you're casting a fraudulent vote. Mm -hmm. That's how rare it is. For example, impersonation fraud, we've had 12 cases in a decade. Now, understand in a decade, we have several billion votes cast and we have 12 fraudulent votes. Mm -hmm. Why? It's simple. The price you pay, if you get caught, and I can tell you, I used to work with the Justice Department. We'll catch you in two seconds. You try to vote twice, we get you. You try to vote for asset, we get It's so easy to get you. Uh, and you spend five years in the slammer. And I've never heard a judge let anyone off. Ever. I've never seen a judge say you voted illegally. Uh, you know, you don't even get probation. You get thrown the slammer. So you get thrown the slammer for a single vote. You know, there's very few. I mean, it's happened. But for the most part, you got to be crazy to to risk jail time for a single vote. And so people don't do it. What does happen? What? And again, we have to make this distinction. So 60 minutes puts on half the story which is what they're specialized in. In fact, maybe they ought to call it 30 minutes because of the 60 minutes, only half of it is true. Um, and um, so 30 minutes of truth and 30 minutes of bullshit. And the bullshit is this, that our elections are perfect. See, there's no fraud. So our elections are wonderful. That's not true. That's not true. I just talked to uh, you know Robert Watson yesterday, who was voting in Georgia for um, for years. Shows up, they say you can't vote here anymore. So please, they don't have they don't have Mr. Watson on. They don't have Christine Jordan, Martin Luther King's ninety-two year old cousin, who was thrown out of polling stations in Georgia. They don't have her on. Mm -hmm. Instead, they have this glorious thing. They did everything but play the Star Spangled Frickin' Banner <laughs> on the show. Look how wonderful American elections are. No, they aren't. We're the gold standard of the world. No, we aren't. In fact, the rest of the world is both laughing and aghast at us. I, You know, look, I worked in England. Like I, I just told you that. They count all the votes. They open them in public. Every ballot is opened and read in public, every single one, you know? And they literally read it out and you look at it and it's done in like a school gym everywhere. And in Switzerland, there's no such thing as being told you can't vote. In fact, if you don't vote, you get fined. My, my wife is Swiss and my, my in-laws are like, what's this stuff with America? Why are these people in line? Why are they in tears that they can't vote? So the 60-minute story is, is, like I say, 50% bullshit, nonsense, falsification, misleading. You know, it's, it's um, like saying, you know, um, well, today, Jared Kushner was honest. Today, Rudy Giuliani told the truth. <laughs> well, is that, do you find that acceptable? Yeah, he's told the truth before. He, you know, he said, my name is Rudy. There you go. He tells Rudy tells the truth. Yes, he does. And there's no one who tells more truth than Rudy. The fact that he lies most of the time. Well, that's that's just, you know, we don't talk about that. Right. Yeah. So so this guy forget this guy. Krebs. This is a, this is a fake story to distract people to pretend that we have real elections in America. And to and of course, because the media and, and I have to say, you know, Trump is right about one thing. The media hates him. Uh, but, um, you know, maybe for good reason. But one of the problems is they hate him for the wrong reasons. And this is one of the problems we have in America. And so we're getting this insane narrative that we have honest elections when we have an election system that maybe can get praise from, you know, uh, Kim in North Korea. But not many other nations look up to us for voting. Believe me. Mm hmm. So, Greg, uh, we're speaking here on Friday, December 11th, and uh -huh. things are still in flux. The Electoral College will meet uh, on Monday. The Texas uh, uh, wildcard suit 
uh, may or may not be addressed by the Supreme Court. And as of uh, it's 4 p.m. Pacific time, I haven't seen any update coming from the court. Uh, do you believe that any of these legal gambits that Trump and uh, his weird collection of lawyers uh, have have been uh, floating uh, will, in fact, uh, cause the a delay in the Electoral College vote? And uh, is there still a possibility it could be thrown into the House of Representatives? No, <laughs> there is none. It's over. A part of it is that we just passed this, what's called the Safe Harbor Day, which mm-hmm. is December 8th. Uh, that's a day in which all challenges um, to the Electoral College um, have to stop. That's it. It gives it gives the Electoral College uh, electors enough time to go to uh, get on their horse and make it to the Capitol. Remember, this mm-hmm. goes back to the to the 17th uh, to the 18th century. Right. Oh, there, um, there, there goes one past the studio right now on horseback <laughs> heading for Sacramento. And there he goes. <laughs> so the question is, is the horse vote or the elector? Uh, and so only the um, horse's ass. <laughs> yeah. So so what's happened is, is the yeah. So it, it's over with. And there's another reason is that these are highly political animals. The right wing six on the court, very political animals. And they know they've got a. They may be dealing with a much bigger case. Because, you know, the, they're not going to overturn the, the vote in four states. It ain't going to happen, so, which they'd have to do for Trump to win. So mm-hmm. instead, what we're going to have is um, I think you might see the Supreme Court stepping in on the Georgia runoff. So they have to keep their powder dry for the big battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I'm concerned about. And uh, and so, yeah, they're, they're highly political animals. The, the Supreme Five. um you know, can we stop calling it the Supreme Court? Can we come up with another name for it? Like, you know, like the the, the White Citizens Council or that, <laughs> something like that. Well, um, it's mostly Catholics now, so <laughs> well, we, there we you could go. <laughs> we could call it, you know, the Vatican East. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> hey, listen, careful. My wife's my wife's a Catholic, and we're lighting the Hanukkah candles now as we speak. Okay. Um, <laughs> Well, I uh, wish talk, you talk I, about apostate. I wish you uh, peace. <laughs> <laughs> but so the um, so, yeah, so what's so I don't I do worry about our Supreme Court. Anyone who doesn't lose sleep over our Supreme Court is obviously taking some pretty heavy sedatives. Um, so I do worry. But in this case, they're highly political. They know they're not going to get away with this one. Okay, so I I appreciate that. My concern has been just like they took the Citizens United case, rewrote the uh, the plaintiff's cause of action uh, Mm -hmm. and uh, reached a decision that really was not part of the original lawsuit. Uh, I fear that with the addition of the Trump three, that this court might go even more aggressively into the political zone and uh, just. To, you know, uh, intervene to uh, throw it to Trump. So it, it, it's a fear more than a rational-based legal concern. No, no, no. It, it's rational in the sense of this is, you're right, this has been their behavior. But what I said is not that, the, I didn't say that they are great legal scholars. I said that they are highly political animals. And I understand that the politics of the country right now is that everyone, including most Republicans who haven't swallowed the, you know, the, the crazy pill, uh, have said Biden won. Okay, get over it. But what they haven't decided is that they've lost the Senate and they're going to do whatever they, it takes. So I just think that this highly politicized court is going to may step in on the Georgia case if it comes down to a couple votes. Let's not forget that all the things that the Lincoln Project are horrified about, that's the Republicans who've crossed over from the, mm-hmm. you know, coming out of the orange. Right. Um, that. You know, on one hand, they're saying, how could Trump, you know, tell the legislatures to overturn the will of the people? Well, I got to, you know, people don't understand what happened in 2000. That's exactly what happened. Yes. There were, let me, it's important. People don't know this history, which is in my book and film, The Best Democracy Money Can Buy. Um, And 178,000 votes were still not counted when the Florida legislature voted to stop the count 
Catherine Harris, the Secretary of State, voted, who was also running the Bush campaign, stopped the count at 178,000 ballots still to be counted. That had to be hand-reviewed. The Florida legislature certified Trump the winner, even though it was Bush. clear that if you counted the votes, Gore was the winner. Mm-hmm. The Florida Supreme Court said, you can't do you can't even though you can't simply ignore the vote of the people. Gore won. People don't understand what Bush v. Gore was about. The reason it's Bush v. Gore because the plaintiff is always listed first. Yep. He sued and said that the Florida Supreme Court was wrong. And the Supreme stepped in and simply said, no, we crown Bush president. Forget the rest of the votes. Mm-hmm. And most of the votes that were uncounted came out of the black city of Jacksonville and out of the Democratic city of Miami-Dade, uh, county of Miami-Dade. And they used violence to stop. So all the things that they said Trump would do was actually done by George Bush. Very few people actually really understand that story. They say, oh, it was a disputed election was close. No, it wasn't close. Gore won by a landslide in Florida. Mm-hmm. And they took it away from him. They stopped the count when Bush was up by 537 votes. And they stopped the count right there and said he's president. And so they tried. So when people are shocked this time, they didn't seem so shocked back in 2000, except for a few of us, you, me, and a, and a few people on the left and the voting rights movement saying they just shat, they This guy got elected through a Jim Crow uh, um, trickery. Bush. So trying it again, I don't see why people are so horrified. It's just, it's just Bush, too. Yeah. Yeah. And Trump, uh, you know, tried to do it uh, mm-hmm. early in the morning of the day after the election, claiming that he'd already won. We don't need to count any more votes. And <laughs> so, no, but that, people are laughing at it, like you say. But that's exactly what happened in 2000. They literally said, stop the vote count. Yes. Stop the count. Mm-hmm. And so all those Lincoln Project people who are so horrified that Trump would st- try to stop the count, they were actually the functionaries working for Bush who stopped the count. Yep. So they have no legitimacy here. And I'm worried that these people are leading the discussion about what happened. And so their line is we had a perfect election, and anyone who says America doesn't have perfect elections is not a patriot. It's the, it's the 60 minutes line. Oh, it's crazy to say there's anything wrong with American elections because a small part of it is honest. We don't have foreign we don't have foreign interference. We have foreign money that drips in a lot of it, but it comes tends to come into both sides. Um, uh, We do have a lot of of foreign money coming in, but it kind of cancels itself out because we have so much internal money. It gets swamped. In other words, like thirty thousand dollars worth of uh of uh, Facebook ads by some Russian oligarch it doesn't mean anything when you're spending three or four million dollars on social network ads, a billion, excuse me, billion dollars. It gets swamps it. So I'm not worried about foreign interference in mm-hmm. our in our elections. I'm worried about American interfer- interference in American elections. So let's talk about yesterday's proceeding. You zoomed mm-hmm. into a federal court in Atlanta presided mm-hmm. over by Judge Steve C. Jones. And the Mm -hmm. issue before the court is 198,000 Georgia voters. You cited this in our interview back at the end of October. Mm -hmm. And uh, this could be a significant uh, contributor to uh, a Democratic capture of one or both of those Senate seats on January 5th. So the issue is that there were some 300,000 voters who were uh, alleged to be disqualified by Raffensperger. Uh, because they had moved. And you were able to establish, and you've been through this with us before, that you Mm -hmm. use the uh, people who uh, examine direct mail programs for Amazon and other big uh, uh, players, and Mm -hmm. that uh, they keep track of people's addresses. They know uh, Mm -hmm. how many people have moved and how how many haven't. So you testified and submitted evidence on behalf of 198,000 Georgia voters who, in fact, did not move and therefore were not subject to being purged or disqualified. Uh, let me ask you to pick up the narrative there and tell, okay. us, tell us what kind of interaction uh, Judge Jones uh, uh, brought to the case and what your sense is of how he might rule. The answer is I'm not going to tell you that at all because it's a federal judge. And the last thing I'm going to do is try to comment on how a federal judge is handling his court. 
or uh, how he may rule. But I will let me just give you the facts of what caused this case. So you got it. Number one, I issued a report in September. Uh, no, I didn't issue it. I'm sorry. It was the ACLU. <laughs> I just corrected myself. See, I'm a good fact checker. Uh, ACLU released a report by a guy named Greg Palace, me, um, <laughs> that that showed. Um, uh, and when I say I did it, I had a team of 15 experts. We had experts go through the list name by name. Obviously, we use computers to go through a third of a million names to determine if the secretary of state had removed people because they moved. I'd been at the polling stations. I just told you about, you know, Miss uh, Martin Luther King's 92-year-old cousin voting in the same place 50 years. They said she moved. I go to the house. They said she moved out of. There's King's picture on the wall having dinner with her. So she had to be there at least 60 years. Um, and, um, you know, so how many other people had not moved that they said moved? And what were their color, by the way? And so we hired um, the obvious. Now, who knows if you've moved? Well, they're called the post office. And in fact, under federal law, you cannot remove someone from moving unless you first check with the United States Postal Service. You, they, and, and the United, U.S. Postal Service has licensees who will check uh, the, the who's moved and who hasn't. You can hire them. And we did. And it turns out Georgia didn't hire a license, didn't hire the post office. And you have to by federal law. That's one of the reasons they got it so darn wrong. Then they used other methods, cockamamie methods, like like uh, a postcard got returned mm -hmm. uh, that they sent out to you. Now, there's a lot of reasons. Like my daughter was a Savannah voter. Now, she's between dorm rooms and spends the summer, you know, uh, out, out, you know, with uh, somewhere else usually working. And so she doesn't always uh, has her mail on forward. So therefore, and they'll take away her vote. She had to fight like crazy to get her vote. Um and most students won't. They run you through this rigmarole, right? And and in fact, like they have crazy stuff. So we just presented uh, the black. When I say we, Black Voters Matter. Uh, Reverend Jesse Jackson, an old friend of mine for fifty years, as he reminded me. Um, geez, we're old. Uh, <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> and Jesse Jackson's uh, Operation Rainbow Push, Black Voters Matter. Um, and, uh, the Southwest voter education uh, Southwest voter registration education project SV rep, which is one of the big frontline Hispanic organizations, they all sued. They sued to get these voters back on the rolls. The case is to request an injunction. That is, we don't have time for a trial between now and January five. Here's the stone cold evidence these people wrongly removed for asking the judge simply to put them back on the voter rolls. And we are waiting the judge's decision, which will probably come out next week. And it's a you know, it's difficult because we're asking for immediate action. And we think that the evidence is strong enough and doesn't need to wait for a trial. That's a case that allows you to get injunctive relief. And then there's a lot of technicalities involved and, you know, a lot of hoops to jump through to get injunctive relief. So I, I, the truth is, I'll be honest, the evidence is incontrovertible, but you know, I can't tell how a decision is going to come down because it go work. Unfortunately, it works on more than just, are we right or wrong? Uh, it's a really complex process and difficult to get a federal injunction. Just ask Martin Luther King who tried to get many. So we don't know, but I'm hoping two things. One, when we filed the suit or when Black Voters Matter filed the suit, it got a lot of publicity and that moved people to check their registrations and re-register themselves. We sent out 98,000 postcards. Uh, we have a big 20 by 40 foot, a monster size electronic billboard that in which Ros Rosario Dawson is telling people, check your registration. Now, registration just closed. So anyone who didn't re-register, we got to get, you know, that that's what the legal fight's going to center on. And, um, uh, so we'll, you know, we'll see, but this is the game that, that these guys play. So Raffin's perjure, the guy who did this is the guy who's being praised on MSNBC is the guy who's standing up to Trump. He's not standing up to Trump. He's standing up for Mitch McConnell and Mitch McConnell is a power and is going to stay a power. Donald Trump is already history. The first president will be put on a $3 bill. 
Okay, he's done. Okay, the orange stain is <laughs> fading away, and these guys in Georgia they know it. And so, yes, there's a few holdouts. That's that's nonsense. They, they this is going to be a blood battle over these two Senate seats. Well, and uh, tons of money is being poured in. The same lies mm-hmm. are being told that, you know, both of the Democrats are socialist, communist, uh, anarchist, uh, you know, libtards. Uh, and the, oh, then I'd move to Georgia and vote for them. But, you know, they aren't. Well, this I know. This actually, is, I know. Both this is my next. By the way, this is my next question, <laughs> Greg, because yeah. the Republicans are claiming that yeah. hordes of libtards are parachuting into Georgia Yes. Uh, they had to do it by this past Monday, right, to, right. Uh, register, to register in time. Uh, but they are pretending that they're planning to live in Georgia for the foreseeable future, which is a requirement of registering to vote there. Yes. So uh, is there any evidence to support that? Well, they haven't presented any. <laughs> zero. Zero, zero. They haven't shown. Okay, this guy Raffensperger did a Joe McCarthy. He ran out. He ran out and said, I have a, a thousand, the names of a thousand people voting illegally, voting from other states. And then I said, so I called up and I said, give me the name of one. And, uh, not a thousand. I don't need the full thousand. I don't have mm-hmm. that much time. Just give me one. One. <laughs> there was none. Not one. And you know what? Our freaking lazy ass press never asked this man. You know, we, you know, the New York Times covered that mm-hmm. a thousand voters, the New York Times, the Washington Post, NBC News, NPR. This guy has a thousand voters voting illegally. Not one of those. Pinhead journalists. Um, and, and I, I you know, I want to cut, stop attacking white people like this, but I have to. Not one of these pinhead journalists ever went back to this guy and said, did you ever arrest anyone? Did you ever? You said he had a thousand. Yeah. They never asked. First of all, they never asked for the names. They never do that. Never do that. A politician said it issued a press release. Now, understand, we had issued our report the day before. Why did he do this? We issued our report. The ACLU issued my report the day before saying 198,000 voters have been illegally removed. And we have every name. That was not covered in the New York Times. Well, the that entire, not the entire in the proceeding Post, was blacked but out. But they put forward that phony 1,000 names from Raffin's perjure, and then they run out and say, this guy is a man for all seasons because he stood up to Trump. No, he was trying to steal the election for Trump. But as I wrote in my book, How Trump Stole 2020, which is, by the way, not a prediction. It was a warning. They can't steal all the – I said the good news is they can't steal all the votes all the time. Mm-hmm. They can't do it. The steal is about 4 to 6%. Now, that may sound small to you, but that's the margin of a whole lot of elections. Biden didn't just sneak by in Georgia with 12,000 votes. He had at least a quarter million vote margin. They just threw out that many votes. And we'll get the official – we already have the indications, but we'll get the official numbers – in a few months, and of course, not one newspaper will ever report the final official numbers. They will never report them. Well, never, Greg, ever, ever report them. Greg, they don't do it. I, I watch the PBS NewsHour, and uh, I, I sample some of the MSNBC primetime lineup. And mm-hmm. none of that, uh, none of the proceedings yesterday, none of the details of the purge case were shared with viewers. And PBS has, you know, interviewed Raffensperger and also Gabriel Sterling, uh, the underling who said that Trump has to stop the uh, threats that are coming from well, his Well, you know what? I interviewed, I interviewed this schmuck, okay? My team interviewed this guy. He's totally in the pocket of the purge in general. So, for you know, in fact, as I will say that this columnist in the Washington Post, it wasn't a reporter because, God forbid, a reporter should do something. But uh, the columnist said this guy Sperling, when asked about the Greg Palast findings that 198,000 people were were wrongly removed from the Georgia voter rolls, the ACLU report, um, he, he said, so is that true? And he said, I'm going to have to go with no. <laughs> you know, <'cause, laughs> thank you. And, you know, so and. 
he didn't, you know, this, so this guy is part of the, of the thievery machine. Right. But the thing is, is that he's under attack because it's like they're complaining that the getaway car didn't drive fast enough. Yeah, they, they rigged they, he it, won't, they rigged it know, as best they to, could. To, to, to quietly steal votes. It's another to do it in your face. See, one of the rules of American elections, which is why we have something close to a democracy, not a democracy, but it's getting there, is that you can't steal votes in the open. You have to lie. You have to cover it up. You can't just take them. You can't just shove it in your face, even though the Bush steal was about as close as you can get to in your face. Um, but, you know, in America now, so PBS, so it's all this, so it's this patriotic gushing, which has nothing to do with anything. So you play up guys like, like uh, Raffin's perjure as a great man for all seasons when he is frankly a vote thieving racist criminal. When I say he's racist, I don't know if he dislikes black people. He just doesn't like the color of their vote. Mm-hmm. So, Greg, uh, as we wrap up here, did mm-hmm. Mr. Raffin's perjure accept your generous offer to pay for the uh, postal records that would establish that his purges were illegal? Uh, <laughs> we, so far, absolutely not. He, Yes, you're right. I literally did. The Palestine Investigative Fund, I have a not for profit foundation, which, you know, I won't stop you from donating to you. <laughs> so go to gregpalace.com and get the info. But um, no, they didn't take up our offer, but it may, I'm hoping um, that a, a wise court and we, you know, we asked the wise court to, uh, to maybe suggest with a, with a bullet that Raffin's perjure sit down and get the the correct information from us. They don't even have to accept our word for it. Get the right facts and let's get this done and give these people back their vote. Well, Greg, I want to thank you for your long-term efforts to expose the uh, monkeying with elections in the United States. Uh, For more than 20 years now, you've been on this beat And uh, I take you seriously that after the Georgia primary, you are going to uh, retire from the beat and uh, perhaps move on to uh, other topics that are less stressful. Uh, Because, you know, you you do put a lot of time and effort into this. I I don't know that you take long vacations or uh, other breaks from the action. Well, my job, I like to give other people stress. That's how I relax. I I try to make uh, (laughs) Brian Kemp and... Raffin's perjure and and the vote thieves, um, you know, lose their lunch. That's my that's my goal in life. And so I, I don't want to. T- I hate to end that type of pleasure, but um, yeah, I, it's time to uh, to move on because America. If after this you don't get it, uh, you know, there's only so many times I can tell you the same thing. <laughs> and you know, um, so you know, if the Democratic Party when they start praising a scum like Raffin's perjure, um, then uh, um, it's time for me to retire. Well, and uh, this whole election cycle has exposed so many flaws in the system, in the Constitution, as you uh, correctly called it, a a pile of crap, especially when it comes to the uh, management of elections, the uh, patchwork of uh, laws and processes and machinery across the country. Uh, produces all kinds of uh, chaos in in and of itself. And then we had a provocateur in candidate Trump who was stoking even more chaos, hoping that that was going to give him the cover uh, for a a grab of massive proportions with a blessing from his good friends on the Supreme Court. So I want to say, look, I appreciate the years that you've allowed me to come on your show and tell this story because I've had to lob my stories into my own home country from the BBC television, from the guardian newspapers, from across the water, from Rolling Stone magazine. Cause it's, you know, don't expect the lamestream press to allow Greg Pallast in. You've allowed me not only to tell the story, but tell it in depth with real detail. Cause you honor your audience. You don't think that everyone listening to news is a dummy and needs it and needs, you know, uh, 92 second sound bites. 
So I appreciate what you've done. I hope people appreciate what you've done. And we will deeply miss you because it's a rare opportunity for me to break through the electronic Berlin Wall. And you've given me that opportunity. I know you have fans who love you. And uh, I just, you know, please don't commit suicide. Uh, I'm sure I have a feeling that Peter will still be sending his truth through the airwaves, even if it's just telepathically. So stay tuned to the little voice in your head saying they've got to be kidding. (laughs) Well, Greg, the feeling is mutual. Uh, You have, uh, you know, been very generous with your time and shared your stories uh, with my listeners. I think we've helped alert a lot of people who never knew what an insidious creep Chris Kobach of Kansas was. (laughs) And uh, you have done it in a way that's always colorful and engaging, and uh, you're priceless. Well, thank you. (laughs) Though there does seem to be a price on my head at the moment, so I'm not sure I'm priceless. (laughs) Well, stay out of Georgia and stay away from fiddlers, okay? Okay, you got me. Peter, you're the best. We love you. We miss you. And I'll see you off the air once, as long as you get vaccinated. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not going to be the first uh, in the first 20 million to get vaccinated, but I probably will eventually if they establish that it's safe and that it actually works. <laughs> oh, well, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> All right, Greg. Happy be trails careful, to you. Be careful, be safe, and be trouble. Right. Thanks a lot, Peter. We will do that. Greg Pallast, the final last interview here on PeterBCollins.com. Happy trails to you. Happy trails to you Until we meet again Happy trails to you Keep smiling until then And one more thing This is The Last Podcast at PeterBCollins.com. That's all, folks.